Welcome to Backsliding to Glory, a progressive Christian podcast and community. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. to Backsliding to Glory. We are your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we are Backsliding to Glory. We're backsliding right back into uh, this podcast, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. We did the uh, summer off thing. Kind of yeah, inadvertently. So we but. didn't intend that. But honestly, I think that might be something that we do, in fact. Yeah. A lot of churches take, like, small groups stop meeting totally. on you know, Wednesday nights and stuff during the summer. And, I like, between your young family and my young family and all the activities that you have to cram in, and it's not just like everybody thinks vacation. I don't know about you, Megan. I didn't take a vacation this summer. I mean, not nope. a well, vacation yeah, I did vacation. a little bit, but but like there's things to do. Sometimes those things are out of town, but that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacation means you relax. I didn't relax any this summer. Yep, not once. <laughs> Imagine. So I had all sorts of things that I wanted to talk about. I thought we could talk about like you know ways that you stay involved with church and churchiness and religiosity uh, over the mm-hmm. summer, even though you might not be gathering with your preferred uh, local congregation. But then a couple of other things popped into my head. The first thing was I was like, oh, no, this is a great topic, and we'll have a lot of discussion off of it. And then tangentially some current events happened that I think are in many ways connected to it. And so I want to talk about all of that as one. The first thing is the state of Louisiana for the first year has enacted some new requirements for schools as we're all headed back to school uh, this week or last week or maybe uh, one upcoming. Um, the state of Louisiana has required now the federal motto to be displayed prominently in the school building itself. All public schools have somewhere a big sign or a display of some sort that says, in God we trust. Now, I sort of like rolled my eyes when it first happened, but the more that I've thought about it, the more and more I think that this is like a low-key example of uh, blasphemy in some ways. Like it's, it is not... Anyone who has looked at the history of this motto in the United States realize it doesn't have at its core an actual fealty to to God or uh, desire to praise and put him in a proper place uh, within a society that is sort of like loosely theocratic. That was not the idea. The idea was we didn't want to be the godless communists. (laughs) Right, right. And here's one example of how we're different than the godless communists. Our state forces us to say this thing. (laughs) Yep. Like I was mad. And then the more that I've thought about it, I've gotten madder. Um, What, what was your reaction and what do you think of the general policy? So in general, I, um, there are a few things. I mean, first of all, I'm mad because the state of Louisiana does not, our legislature does not need to be spending time on dumb stuff like this and I used all nice words there which is really (laughs) it was really difficult for me those guys and ladies need to work our state is ranked 50th or maybe like at best 48th in every category of quality of life we're at the bottom of education we're at the bottom of healthcare. we're at the bottom of just all that stuff um we're the fattest we're the sickest we're you know, every problem. So our legislature somehow like we're going to you're going to spend how much time? I mean, I don't even care if it took five minutes. It's five minutes. You did not need to be spending 
on dumb stuff like that. And it's so obnoxious that they think that that's uh, an appropriate way for them to spend their time. Well, especially in a, in a year when they couldn't come together over settling the age that, you know, people have to be before they can get married. That Ugh. was a big argument. Right. Uh, you know, there, there are several other examples. There was one of, was it there... Wasn't there a bestiality thing that, that slipped in? That was in? last year. That was, that was last, last year. year. So, I yeah. mean, like, we got Keep lots up, Joel. of issues. We got <laughs> lots of issues as a state. Also, like, we're just barely out of a giant deficit. We were literally running uh, a budget deficits. You know, people were pulling money away. As, as we've seen recently, our state university's library is sinking into the bayou and also like molding while it's sinking uh there's lots of issues around the state to spend money on and spend time on and energy etc and and yeah this is such a distraction in so many ways and such a like it just it doesn't fix any problems the one thing i will say that i enjoyed (laughs) was the way that my local school my daughter's school uh I, i that's where i noticed it the other day and it sort of reignited my Oh, I forgot we were doing this. I got pissed off about it all over again. Um, but their sign, and and they bought this somewhere. They didn't print it themselves. I don't know. This is for sale somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, it is a reasonable display. It's got like, you know, an eagle on it, I think, and maybe the flag. And it says at the top, In God We Trust. And at the bottom, in words that are almost as big as the In God We Trust at the top, there's a pretty long sentence, and it says effectively, this display is in accordance with and compliance with or something like that. And it has the Louisiana statute. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the text on both the actual motto itself and the compliance language are basically the same shows me that someone there is like, here's an example of some nonsense that Mm -hmm. I've been required to do. Do you see the nonsense? And I like that. I like that they're pointing it out. I've seen other examples of, you know, teachers who have turned it into a, uh, uh, and an acrostic, so the the oh. the letters spell something else out, and mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. sort of a message with "In God We Trust." I saw one school framed bill a bill. They just framed a dollar bill. God, that'll work. That'll absolutely <laughs> like, like they're a Seven Eleven or something. Just yeah, it's a dollar bill. It says right on there. There you go. Um, but from a theological standpoint, or just a religious standpoint, one of the reasons I have a, a few reasons my kids in public school. Um, but one of the reasons is that I'm not like super into s- handing over his religious education. Um, and that includes to, you know, the public school. And I don't, you know, in God, we trust, I find in God, we trust as a governmental motto, slightly blasphemous. So I'm not super into that even being our government's motto, let alone being displayed and, you know, there's a bunch of stuff with it, but I, I but I don't really want somebody else. I have probably different opinions about nationalism than a lot of folks who so would that, be that, into that. Do. Yeah, that's that's the other side that I was going to connect it to. Something that that you were tweeting about in the last week or so is the Christian flag, which I feel mm. like is sort of a, the other side of this, right? So the state buddying up to religion as a tool is what that motto is, in my opinion. The state claiming, in God we trust. The American governmental system has zero to do with Christianity or Judaism or any version of the Judeo-Christian principles. There, There is very little basis there, and any basis is you trying to pull examples to the assumption that you've already made. If you look at the the 
nature again all you got to do is read the the constitution or our uh current set of uh you know latest regulations and compare that to the sermon on the mount and i think mm-hmm. it's a pretty exactly. stark example of how they're not again or ask any rabbi how how uh how based on the Judaic the the Judaic tradition is of the American governmental system? And they'll tell you quite far from it. Um, so, but guess what? Israel wasn't great at keeping the Judaic uh, theologic system in their government either. Um, you know the historic Israel. So, um, but yeah, that's like what all the prophets right? We're it's, talking about. I mean, what they said. You've gotten it wrong. The reality is, humans are not great at government, and we have to check ourselves constantly. And that's to some degree been the beauty of our system because it it lends itself well to checking i mean it was built to be a check checked system a checked and balanced system um which a lot of systems are not however (laughs) it's still corruptible because all systems are corruptible and humans are inclined you know toward love of power and money and sort of the point i think that a lot of the the scriptures make is you know resist that temptation but leaning into it is really a Yikes. So the the Christian flag to me is that exact sort of like parallel thing. That is a religious organization, in this case, like sort of the, you know, evangelical Christian American church saying, oh, let's statify. Let's let's get into that nationalism (laughs) stuff. Why don't we? Uh, Let's pledge allegiance. I like that. I like the pledging. (laughs) Um, the, so, so you were, this whole concept was foreign to you, uh, and you sort of discovered it this week, right? How did it come up? Totally. I can, I'm trying to remember. Oh, some guy told me on Twitter, there was a, I had posted, (laughs) I had posted my favorite tweet I ever posted. It was a set of two tweets. I love it. And it only got like 10 likes. And I'm like, no, y'all, this is so good. (laughs) Somebody else had replied to me. We were talking about, there's a, a phrase, um, that uh uh i don't know what we're calling them i don't like alt-right because i think it's uh uh they're nazis we can call on this show at least we can call them nazis they might be nazi light they might be less active nazis they might be uh theoretical nazis as opposed to uh uh, physical nazis but all they're nazis still we can put them in that category we'll go with nazi that's fine with me. I do. I am slightly cautious with Nazi because I have had Jewish friends say, like, I want you to be careful with this because it is a trigger word. So but but yes, they are definitely white nationalists who are, you know, hateful bigots. So anyway, one of their favorite insults is to call somebody a soy boy mm-hmm. and a soy boy because they have this idea that like liberals or who are synonymous with socialists or whatever in their mind are um all a feet and drink soy milk um unlike real men who drink dairy <laughs> whose <laughs> whose systems are lactose tolerant as a real man's system would be um so soy boy but somebody um i can't remember how it came out but somehow their autocorrect turned it into spy boy which is uh in the new orleans mardi gras indian tradition a spy boy is one of the guys there's the chief there's the spy boy, there's the flag boy, there, there's a sort of series of guys. And in the traditional version of Iko Iko, that the spy boy gets named, and it's one of the one of the verses is my spy boy and your spy boy sitting by the fire. My spy boy said to your spy boy. So I rewrote it as soy boy. 
So this, this is my two tweets. I am so proud of these tweets and nobody's getting them. But like in my head, I'm like, man, if I saw somebody else do that, I would think they were so cool. But anyway, <laughs> so I wrote my soy boy and your soy boy sitting by the fire. My soy boy said to your soy boy. And then I just posted a picture of a burning Confederate flag. Because <laughs> the last line is, I'm going to set your flag on fire. So this is like four different kinds of niche. That's, yeah, oh, that's yeah, real yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like right down, like, it's like, do you know traditional New Orleans music? Do you know New Orleans Mardi Gras Indian traditions? Do you know that burning Confederate flags is fun? <laughs> do you know the soy boy? Yeah. So it's like, but like five people got it and really liked it. So that's fine. That's my, that's my audience. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'm fine. Your audience is, is, is much bigger than that. And I don't like, here, here's my thing. Well, I don't know what I have to add to the soy boy, and I wouldn't have gotten that joke, by the way. <laughs> Although I did get that it was connected to uh, Iko Iko, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was one of the verses. I don't think I always right. go back to the grandma. That shows my lack of uh, right. So it's one of the deep exposure. cut verses. Yeah. The Di- when the Dixie Cups did it, they only did like a few verses, but there's a there are longer versions that have that go through all the different guys in the Mardi Gras Indian tribe. So. What do you talk to your kid about this stuff at, or do you at all? Like, I, we had a conversation with my boys, not my girls yet. They don't notice it. I, don't, I mean, they can't read, obviously, the signs anyway. But I did talk to my sons about it earlier in the summer. Like, listen, because one of my sons asked, well, I mean, we believe in God, right? And I'm like, yes. And I do trust in God, personally. I hope that you do, too, as you grow and mature. But that is a personal relationship, and there are people in that school that we want to be welcome there that have different gods, honestly, or at least different ideas about God than we do. And there is no reason to be confrontational about it. That school's for everybody, not just for us or our particular view of, you know, the great big happy man in the sky. Um, and the boys were way down with that. They're, they're, I'm raising little social justice warriors. They're all about fighting bullies and, and, you know, socking uh nazis in the nose uh they're they're both big captain america fans but yeah i don't i don't see what the like what is their goal with this what honestly what is the is it is it just about continuing to paint us as godless because we're arguing against it yeah some of that i think i think there is um I think it's a small victory in the culture war that they get to hang their hats on, you know. Um, look at us. We, I, random, you know, state representative from, you know, where from Gina or from, you know, Hackberry, got this passed, and I was part of getting this passed, and now you vote for me again. And the, you know, the people who buy that stuff over and over again are like, yeah, woo, show those commies. <laughs> now the reality is that I think numbers wise, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I think numbers wise, the reality is that there are more Christians who are either members of or who personally identify as um the Christian left than the Christian right. They're just more powerful. Like the mainline congregations, which all of which have social justice platforms, Plus the pretty significant amount of Catholics in the North, Catholics in the South are a different story often, not always, often, but Catholics in the North are widely, at least in cities, um, 
really focused on Catholic social justice teaching. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the evangelicals and Baptists are as big as they like to flaunt themselves as being. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so all of that is the backdrop that we had going into this first couple of weeks of school. And that would have been its own thing, particularly for people that are like you and I that are, uh, for, first of all, both socially justice-minded, but also um, very religious and very faithful in our own way. Um, and then <laughs> our our president, uh, Mr. Donald J. Trump, decided to, and in fairness, because uh, Kelly and I, my wife, did have a discussion. Um, she was talking to me about her initial reaction was maybe people are overreacting to it a little bit. Like he didn't say those things. He he just retweeted something that somebody else said. And I said, yeah, but walk through that. Here's here's what he. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Actually, the actual contents of what he said. And my iPad is not coordinating with me. Why aren't you connecting? Because the iPad thinks it's blasphemous. It does think it's blasphemous. Yeah, like, the no, iPad's you don't need like, to see I will that. have no part of this. You don't need to see that. We keep our <laughs> eyes away from things <laughs> that don't acknowledge the uh, the true nature of God. Um, so, okay. So, here's what he actually said. He was uh, He was quoting a man named Wayne Allen Root, who is a loony. Um, absolute, absolute uh just far right wing conspiracy theory totally bananas and wayne uh root saying these things honestly would not have been surprising or shocking in many ways because he said other things like them and the other these other far right wing nuts have said similar things too they've praised him as a god king before so that is not surprising but for the president <laughs> to quote and share the info. And again, it's not like he literally retweeted because Donald Trump doesn't know how to literally retweet something. Right. He copy and pasted some things. He says, thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the very nice words. President Trump is the greatest president. God, it hurts me to say this out loud. President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He is the best president for Israel in the history of the world, and the Jewish people in Israel love him like he's the king of Israel. This is into his second tweet now. They love him like he is the second coming of God, but American, no, excuse me, but American Jews don't know him or like him. They don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense, but that's okay if he keeps, and it goes on, if he keeps doing good for American Jews and Israeli Jews and gays and blacks and everyone and, you know, talking about what a wonderful president he is. That was the third tweet. That's not the thing that got me. I just, and I said it on Facebook when I shared it, I've said it in person to people individually. I will say this. I do think this might have been the beginning of the end for his support among a certain section of his base. I really do think this might have been a step too far for another handful of people. And here's hoping that that handful of people is enough to get us over the hill and make this thing a problem of the past as opposed to a problem of our future. The idea of literally any other politician in history, let alone the president, the sitting president, saying these things 
even again, quoting someone else, but agreeing with a statement like this, just, I mean, if you were just a person and you're in the room and someone says, people think you're the second coming of God, you go, well, okay, let's walk that back a little. Like who has the chutzpah? Who has the, like, what, what does it take to think that this is okay to agree with and share? Like, now, I think that a lot of these sort of, I don't want to say evangelical because it's not all specifically evangelicals, but the, the right wing uh, Christian groups that have supported him so far, there's apparently this thing going around um, among them and has been for a long time where they compare him to King Cyrus um, in the Bible, who's the one who let the Jews come back into Israel. So he was like, Cyrus was a bad guy, but he did the right thing for God's people. Yeah. He was like a tool of God is the idea. He was right. a, 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 a strong man that was used by God in a very specific time and right. place. I've heard, I've heard that example. Too. And so they, they see him as that. So they're like, yeah, well, I mean, sure. Second coming King Cyrus, same thing. Jesus and King Cyrus, basically the same, basically the same. Yep. Into it. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are, some people, it, it, every time he does something, he's got to be losing some people because his numbers keep going down. But I don't know that they'll ever go below 30%. I mean, I think 30% is kind of the, I don't know that there's anything you can do for or about those folks. I. Ugh. So here's the one time this week that I had one of those moments where I thought, maybe he's not losing his mind. Maybe he is one of these people playing some sort of crazy four-dimensional chess. So in the background of this, literally like the next day, he's he's made this statement. He's he's tweeted these things out. Everybody loses their mind over it, or not everybody, but a lot of people lose their mind over it. And in the wake of that, uh, in front of the press, he looks to the heavens and says, I'm the chosen one. I am the chosen one. Now, in that case, he was talking about trade. Specifically, he wasn't referencing this or Israel. He was talking about the war with China. But at the same time, like, you can't, I, I couldn't put those two moments together and think anything other than he's messing with us. Like, literally. Yeah. I, uh, I love your optimism there. I really think he's, uh, he's just, he's got just enough reasonably intelligent people around him who at least are, are pointing him in the direction that they want. And that's anything he pulls off is shoved him that way. I mean, it's really, it's, it's honestly frightening because if you, I mean, if you look at, there's no way you can read that statement unless you're just literally trying to apologize for him and, and write it away. Like you said with the, always oh, he's, he's Cyrus is what he meant by that. That's what he's, he's the second coming of, of King Cyrus for, for God. Yeah. That's what, that's what he was saying. That's, I mean, that's what we're eating up. If you're already in like a, in a place where you're rationalizing all of these elements of everything, you're just going to shoehorn any old thing into him. I mean. He could kill, like like he said he could kill somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and you'd be like well yep see see <laughs> he's doing see? God's work he's fighting for the Lord you see how she ran into that bullet isn't that shame <laughs> on her she ran into it over and over and over ran again ran into it she shouldn't have done that um I don't I mean I really I I to me if I was any of the Democratic contenders I think. 
I would lean hard into my own. Fa- I say any of them. I, I don't guess that's fair because some of them aren't known for their own background uh, with religion. But I think specifically, um, Warren is fairly well known for her faith, mm-hmm. and she talks about it from time yeah. to time. And she also describes her faith as being in uh, one of the reasons behind her social activism. Same thing with Buttigieg, right? Like uh, uh, Mayor Pete is not one of my favorites anymore, but this is a big thing for him too. He's talked about his faith from the very beginning. If I was one of those guys. I would run hard in this direction and I would be trying to peel off all the Mary Janes and Sue's that, uh, and, and, and Jim's and Bob's that are going to church, you know, at the Grove and at, uh, you know, the vineyard, all those folks cannot be comfortable with this. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. Or like deep down, they must know like, you know, deep down. I see. So, so to me, that's the hope that I see through this. Is I see a potential for, uh, and this was like obviously the long term effects of this were not great. But I think about Jimmy Carter's run and his effects on the Democratic Party, at least for a while. He sort of opened it up to that social activist, uh, but you know maybe conservative in some ways, traditional family values and a lot of, you know, parts of their lives. But yet he sort of built a coalition, a coalition with that group until Reagan stole it away. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I see an opportunity there. And with all of the crap that we have had piled on us on a national level, on a global scale. I mean, we haven't even, we're going to have to talk to somebody in the next coming weeks about the Amazon, uh, Megan. I yeah. mean, that is um, uh, a, you know, I, my, Kelly and I just this summer watched uh, Chernobyl, the documentary, the, as I said, documentary. It's not a documentary, the series on HBO. And to me, I think that it is entirely possible that the this uh, f- fire in the Amazon may be the kind of thing like Chernobyl where it's 30 or 40 years before we really understand the full toll that that uh, this event will have on us as a species and globally. Um and that is terrifying to me. But with all of that, here I see this little glimmer of hope in the middle of what was a really crappy set of circumstances and events from the president. I see a hole. I see another chink in the armor. And like eventually this this stuff has to add up and it's something has to stick. It just has to. Yeah. Oh, I, I Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I feel yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm a little short on hope these days. But yeah, I hope so. I, I want to I want. Here's what I want. I want a deep fake. I want the people who do the deep fake videos <laughs> to take those words and put them into literally every other, put them in the last five presidents' mouths. Show me a video of Jimmy Carter saying yeah. he's the second coming of God. Show me a video of Bill Clinton saying he's the second coming of God. Show me a video of Obama saying it. And and I think, again, like, <laughs> these people these people are deluding themselves. And it it is... Uh, it just blows my mind. It was hard for me to sit in um, to sit in church last week because of again, like I know there are those that are sitting there beside me that are for all of this, and I'm I think hard about what it's going to be like Sunday morning. I want to hear about this honestly from the pews. You don't have to call him out by name. But like blaspheming, I think we can talk about. I think everybody should be okay with claims about being the Messiah. I just feel like that's surely uh, okay with everybody. I would hope. I mean, what I've heard, our church doesn't have a lot of people who are loudly 
uh, conservative at this point, though there are a few. Mostly they've been coming to the church for a really long time. Um, the the general message I, I get is uh, like, well, nobody's perfect, you know. So they'll write it off that way. Well, you know, we all say dumb things sometimes. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't know. But yeah, no, I agree that it is very hard to sit in church next to people um, who... I uh I stopped going to there's a prayer lunch at our church once a week and I I went a couple times um and I you know just the the conversation it's like mostly people I really like and I even like the couple of people who have to make everything the other way and I just don't want to talk to them. <laughs> I like you fine but but can we not talk ever? I like you fine. <laughs> Let's don't hang out anymore. I'll like you more if you don't come around. Exactly. How can I miss you if you never leave? Right. <laughs> How can I miss you if you never leave? That's the that's the uh, song, Christmas right? card that I'm going to send to yeah. uh, President Trump. How can yeah. I miss you if you never leave, sir? So I, let's let's make it a short one this uh, week, and let's come back on and uh, let's do this again next week. We are going to cover the Amazon in an upcoming episode. Uh, I want to talk about getting into um, Christian education. In particular, I want to talk about the fact that my wife and I are going to do a quarter of Sunday school for our kids Woo-hoo! this year. Yeah, uh, we're teaching the kindergartners and uh, first graders, and we're also going to do uh, the children's choir. <laughs> wow, fun. Yeah. On Wednesday nights, we're doing the, the kindergarten first grade choir, too. So I can't believe you get the kids to sing. We can't seem to get ours to So you, what you do is you get two kids in the front that sing. Everybody else kind of uh-huh. hums and mumbles, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they can spell b-i-b-l-e at the end of it or something so they get right, like right, one right, big right, right. phrase everybody says and jesus at the end of the <laughs> song or whatever uh but you know I, t- I, t- I told kelly i was like look so it's it's honestly it's like jesus loves little children uh the b-i-b-l-e and then we're gonna pick one sort of cool contemporary you know sure. kids song to try to teach them sure. that's what they do every year i was like we can do that nobody had signed up for it let's jump in there and get our hands dirty if we're any good at it I think we're going to jump around and maybe do uh, one of our older sons' class next year. Mm. If we're terrible at it, then this will be our final foray. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did the Christmas pageant last year, and it was awesome. It was so good. But also, I am really hoping there <laughs> that somebody will help me a little more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really proud of the Christmas pageant thing that I came up with because we had a lot of very young kids who couldn't quite hold a line um and so i made them all animals and had a couple a couple of older teenagers sing the uh the friendly beast the old christmas carol and then each of the kids said the verse that was their animal and then the singers sang the verse and then back and forth and it was really cute and all the kids were dressed up like animals and really the trick of children's theater is you make the kids really cute and nobody actually cares what happens um so Yes. But yes, a thing that we are praying for in our church is somebody who really loves children's ministry or would like to try it to join our church group because we've got this wonderful woman who has been doing it forever and ever. And um, she is, I think she would just like a break. <laughs> and she does it with great cheer and great, uh, um, you know, willingness, but 
she has expressed that she would like a break, but nobody really wants to do it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That was exactly my sort of like the impetus for me doing it. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we talk all the time. We love these programs. We want these activities for our kids. We want, I, I want my children to be active in church. I want them to get like you talked about having all those positive memories of church with your grandmother and there weren't any of like the negative, you didn't have negative connotations of church. You just had the positivity so that when you mature and you come into your own like theological ideas, I don't want a lot of baggage on Jesus if I can help it, you know? And so good activities, fun stuff to do instead of just sitting and listening to sermons as part of that. And who else am I hoping is going to come and take that banner? Like if nobody else wants to join, then I need to step forward and show as an example, like, Hey, if you want your kids to do these cool things, like you should lead a class, just step forward and lead a class. I don't know what I'm doing either. Guess what? The church provides curriculum. Like it's not that hard to figure it out and get going. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I'm, I am teaching, we're going to split adult Sunday school now, um, and have a Bible study at the same time as we have like some sort of artsy hippie Sunday school, and I'm gonna teach that one. Oh, sweet! That is yeah, really, I'm really, really looking cool. forward to it because I'm always like finding stuff online that I'm like, oh, this would be so fun to do. But like the you know the five people who come to Sunday school kind of want to just sit around and talk about the Bible, but they won't actually read a book, and they all, so it's like they just want to sit there and talk about whatever's on the lectionary, and that's fine, and that's what I've been doing. But it's like, mm. but there's somebody who wants to lead a Bible study, and I'm like, great, have at it. I'm going to go do this over here. And if nobody comes, that's fine. And if some people, I think it'll probably be semi intergenerational. Some of the older kids and teens will be able to, we're a very small church. There aren't like zillions of us. So if I get five people, it'll be super exciting. So that is our homework for you this week. If you see an opportunity to to stand up and do something, bring a little positivity into your community. Uh, do that. Take on a class. Take on a project. Take on a, uh, a new opportunity to create community for yourself and others. The church is people. The church is not a building. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you know what? If you have a great pastor, probably they, especially if you're a small church with just a solo pastor, they need help. And you're going to have a great pastor for a whole lot longer if you guys can give them a little support and not make them do everything. So jump on that committee or jump on, jump on that volunteer gig or even just, you know, bring the cookies for, for coffee hour. Megan, if uh, if people want more of you between here and the next episode, where can they find you online? Especially if they're into deep cut Twitter jokes. Yeah, and lots of swearing. <laughs> if you're into non-G-rated content, um, definitely PG-13 over on my Twitter at, at Megan Romer, M-E-G-A-N-R-O-M-E-R. It's, it's mostly uh, lusting after Saints players, I think. Is That's what, what it is especially as we season, as we right? slide into the season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can watch me lust over LeBron James and uh, the stars of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, complain about the president, honestly, on my yeah. Twitter at the Rogues Life uh, there. And of course, you can find us all the time here, backsliding to glory. Com. Until next week, we've been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we are Backsliding to Glory. Woo. All right. If you know someone who would enjoy Backsliding to Glory, please share the show with them today and send us your comments and feedback. Backsliding to Glory at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, backslide to glory.